like a winner. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Don't to the end zone. It's Robinson. Touchdown. Burrow. Intercepted. Roquan Smith. The pick six. He's not afraid to miss any shots. He's not afraid to throw the next interception. He's ready to rock. Play action. Good blitz pick. Oh, by Mixon, and it's intercepted. Jalen Johnson. Pressure up the middle. He's hit, and it's a third straight pick. Wrong. Try again, dumbass. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. It's time to get busy. Go Bears! With your hosts, Kevin Lapka. There's a new sheriff in town. We're on a mission from God. I can get used to this winning thing! And Jake Hassan. He's got an excellent resume, a winning attitude. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Let's get it. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Bears Nation podcast, September 20th, right? September 20th. Yep. Mm -hmm. 21. And it has been two games in, and the Bears are now one and one, sitting at 500. Andy Dalton starts the game. Andy Dalton does not finish the game, is the story of the day, and will be the story going forward. Justin Fields. Comes into the game, we're leaving Andy Dalton after Dalton exits with an injury. Looks like a bone bruise. Didn't tear his ACL, nothing like that. So it seems like Andy's going to be okay. Um, but Justin Fields is your starter. And I know we're all celebrating, but I'm not entirely sure that the Bears don't overthink this and start Dalton in week three if he's healthy. No, he's. I don't think he's going to be healthy. So there's this guy, Pro Football Doc, on Twitter. Uh, he used to work uh, as the team physician for the Chargers. Now he like you know looks at the injuries and, and gives information on it before we get the official news from the team. We haven't gotten official news from the Bears yet. We're recording this Monday, six o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, five o'clock Central Time. We were supposed to get something later. They ruled out the ACL tear. Uh, the initial tests rule out anything season-ending, but. What this pro football doc guy says in his article uh, is that, you know, there is a chance of at least a partial tear or a bone bruise, which occurs when the knee shifts. This is all quoted just short of tearing the ACL. And he says by video from two angles, it seems that is a foregone conclusion in his mind that Justin Fields will be named the starter going forward for at least three weeks. He says best case scenario in the scenario of a bone bruise is Dalton misses like three weeks. So. I you're gonna see I think you're gonna see fields in Cleveland and the two weeks afterwards because of you know the state of Dalton's injury I don't think he's gonna be ready I mean a bone bruise I don't know Jake I don't know if you've ever had a bone bruise in your you know illustrious sports career you know a a golf cart injury maybe Jake I don't know if Uh you fell off the uh cart something like that um let's go hey that wasn't a shot I was just genuinely curious but no I like I've had so it was I've had bone bruises before and adrenaline can put it at bay initially which is why you saw on the Fox broadcast the sideline reporter kept saying um, you know, Dalton's out here saying he he feels fine and ready to play because when you initially get a bone bruise, adrenaline goes like I, I've had it before. You you can play through it, sure. but the next day it hurts like hell, and then you're out for three weeks. So, Jake, I think we're seeing Justin Fields the next week, and I think we're seeing him the following two weeks after that because I don't think he Dalton's gonna be physically healthy to play next week, which well, is a perfect if, scenario. Perfect right. scenario, if that, Jake. If that is the case, then then. Theoretically, Justin Fields, that should be plenty of time, more than enough time to, quote unquote, win the job, even though we already know he's the best quarterback on the field slash in the room. Uh, Because and the reason I was 
a little worried was because Justin Fields didn't play the most inspired game ever. I, I, he played fine, but he, he made rookie sure. mistakes. He made mistakes that you yeah. knew he was going to make. You he there was an adjustment period. I'm sure there was, you know, maybe those jitters a little bit, and you know he he didn't play great. He six for thirteen. Uh, 60 yards and added 31 on the ground. It, it was fine. And he, and he had a pick, he had a bad pick, he had a bad fumble, but those are going to be, you know, those rookie growing pains. And it's something we're going to have to, to live with and grow with. But I, I, the thing is at the end of the day, it, there's going to be a point where you have those mistakes and hopefully, obviously you, those get eliminated as time goes on. And, you know, over the next 15 weeks, we see him improve and start to kind of cut back on those, you know, those errors and those misreads and the pros start to far outweigh the cons. But I, I, again, we're bearing the lead here is that Justin Fields is going to be your starter for at least the next three weeks, likely the rest of the season. And, you know, now I think, how does this change your expectations for this team? Because also, I mean, we're going to get to the defense too and the game they played, which was unbelievable and unbelievable in a good way. Usually we're saying unbelievable in a bad way here uh, when we use that term, but they played great. And, you know, I had previously said that I don't think you see Justin before week four or five. There were hearing reports that you're not going to see him start before week four or five. And now you sped that process up three weeks and you're one and one. And we talked about last week that, you know, Oh, and two teams, how likely or rather not mm-hmm. likely it is that they make the playoffs. You're one and one. You're at 500. You have some winnable games coming up, uh, which I think even this Browns game, which we'll talk more about on winnable. Wednesday, even even that's yeah. winnable. And then obviously you have the Lions and the Vikings who both, uh, you know, are the Lions and the Vikings and you have tough games. But how does this change, Kevin, for you, your perception of the team and your expectations for them over the next 15 weeks? I think I think it's evident after what happened last week how it changes. I mean, you know, correlation without causation. You know, you have to, you can't just say that because Justin Fields was in there it allowed the defense to play more inspired football. But I I think there could be some validity to that when you talk about momentum, when you talk about the team being inspired and and energized to play. I mean, the moment Justin Fields got in there, I mean, I'm sure that I wasn't there at the stadium. I couldn't really tell over the TV. I'm sure the stadium got louder. I'm sure they were more excited, and it just felt it just felt right, and it. Felt like everybody was on the same page it felt like we were all in harm the whole team was in harmony and then you see the defense get a turnover and then another one and then another one three in a row on three straight passes and it just felt like Justin Fields being in there as the quarterback sort of it jolted the team I mean did it not feel that way a little bit I mean it's hard to tell through the tv screen since yeah. I wasn't there but it, it again it, I could be stretching here but I think there is validity to that idea that Justin Fields energy and just that whole concept kind of led to maybe some of those interceptions, some of those defensive takeaways and the overall energy of the team. Yeah. And I think it would have been, like you said, I mean, neither of us were there. We were watching on TV, but um, the thing is that I think you would have felt it more. Obviously we've all been saying this for weeks. We want you to see Justin Fields. He's the best quarterback in the room. He deserves to be the starter. He's your best quarterback and he's, the backup why and then we were doing you know in week one the little trick plays and the little you know gadget plays with Justin Fields coming in um, and we saw it even yesterday too but I think it would have been more prevalent that jolt that you're talking about that kind of energy if Andy Dalton had been playing badly or even like he did in week one Andy Dalton was playing pretty well he had already thrown a touchdown he'd put he'd given you a lead obviously yes. yes and we know Justin's the more electric guy and he's the guy going forward but I think that's why you kind of felt that lack of a jolt 
per se is because the Bears were already okay. winning and Andy Dalton had been playing pretty well. That's true. No, Andy, you have to give credit to Andy Dalton the way he played early on. I mean, he looked pretty yeah. sharp, uh, you, you know, through that great touchdown pass, had a couple of good throws, was scrambling all over the place. Unfortunately, that one scramble led to the injury. Uh, right. But no, he, he was playing well. But I still just, when you're going back to answer your question, I, I just think you're going to start to see a team that has a little bit more belief, you know? And, sure, and no, I think totally. I, I think that is, you know, where where we're at now god i feel like I, every time i say where we're at i, I think of matt Nagy, and i i want to you know this is this is where we're at this is uh you know this is his signature line but seriously like going forward now it's like okay we we can win this game we have our qb everybody's on the same page we know where we're at and i i just did it again jake i just did it again with where it's we're in at. your brain but it's, it's in my brain. brain if i say it again yell at me um but I think honestly, like you never want to see a player get injured. I, I hope Andy Dalton's fine. I, you know, you never want that to happen. But like, if you look at the situation, it, it falls into their lap perfectly, like literally perfectly. You you come away with a win in a game where Justin can kind of knock off some rust. Now you have a whole week of practice of him working with the ones. I mean, you saw that miscommunication this week. You know, him being, uh, you know, practicing with the scout team and not really, you know, taking snaps from Sam Mustafer. You saw the miscommunications. They had two false start penalties, really, just between Mustafer and miscommunication between him and Fields there. Like you have this for perfect scenario now where you know Justin's going to be the starter next week if Andy Dalton is indeed not healthy which we think he is and you don't have to worry about any other talk any other smoke any other literally factors it's just Justin Fields this is our team this is what we have going into week 3 let's go and i think the whole team is on board with that there's no confusion there's you know not one person's on the other page you know there's no bill laser saying this that you know what i mean like last week was a goddamn mess and i think just that that is part of the reason as to why you saw Justin Fields have, I guess you could say, a lackluster performance. We're going to dive into that and, I, and why the stats don't really tell the whole story. But those are reasons why. With a full week of practice, with the f- full belief, I, I think that I think it elevates this team, you know, a, a few levels. If I'm being honest, just just having that stability and having this, you know, belief that Justin Fields is here and we can be a legitimate, you know, football team as first place in the NFC North right now and, and maintain that. Yeah, and they're definitely. I think you're right. Those with as he practices with these guys, that'll start to smooth out and even out. I mean, Allen Robinson didn't do Justin Fields any favors. He dropped a touchdown pass. Yep, um, that beautiful. Was, throw. I mean, and there were a couple. I mean, uh, Darnell Mooney, I think it was, mm-hmm. also dropped a, a deep pass that was catchable in, in my eyes. And I'm watching it live in real time. But uh, yeah, I mean, that'll get better. And once he builds this chemistry with these guys, as time goes on. I think we're going to see those improvements. I think we'll see that improvement starting next week. And you're right. And the NFC North, which has shown itself to possibly be open for the taking, and we have the Lions and Packers tonight. So either way, you're tied with someone at the top uh, after tonight. But, I mean, Green Bay didn't show you anything in week one. Minnesota missed a game-winning kick. Yeah. Typical. Typical Minnesota. Yep, they missed it. 37 yards. There were so many missed kicks and made kicks, but yeah, Minnesota misses a game winning kick. uh, So they're 0 2. They're in the cellar right now. And it looks like you're going to be able to take that division crown if you want it. And if you play well enough for it, Uh, we'll see how the Packers bounce back from their week one performance uh, tonight against the Lions. But 
you know, I think they're a team with flaws. And so there's a path to the playoffs here and getting <laughs> Justin in there in, in week two now. And it, we think he's going to start for the rest of the year now, regardless of if Dan, Andy Dalton, Dandy, if Andy Dalton is healthy uh, in a couple weeks, because theoretically Justin Fields should lock that job up, the starting job, even if it's, you know, just next week. He should have that. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I think that this elevates this team and you can now, you know, like I said, it's happened early enough in the season that you feel good going forward. And it's not like he's coming in week 14 or 15 in the season. You're already going to miss the playoffs like you. He could get you to the playoffs now. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I say it's a perfect situation is because it's still going to take a few weeks to see, you know, the real, real Justin Fields. Like it, it, it's going to take like those mistakes persist, but now he's in there earlier. He already has a half of a half or more actually of game rep. It's like it just could. It, they literally have been thrust into the perfect situation. It fell right in their hands, and there's only one way to screw it up. And I am there is one part of me that is afraid this is going to happen. Justin Fields plays three plays three weeks. Andy Dalton becomes healthy, and for some reason they trot back out Andy Dalton. I because I have every reason to believe. Matt Nagy would be stupid enough to do that. I, 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 I mean, they, they, right. you know, he denied the questions in the press conference today, and then five minutes later, sends a PR man out to the reporters to say, you know, if Andy's healthy, he's the starter. So, I, like, it's Matt. It just, dude, don't overthink it. You yeah. are, you, you should be lucky right now, Matt. You have been put into the perfect position. the The stars have aligned for you, Coach Nagy. They've aligned for you, and. You know, there's only one way you could screw it up, but you're probably going to do the one thing to screw it up because that's what you do. So I'm fearful of right. that, Jake. I don't know if you are. I don't think it's that. Like, if, if if Justin starts to play really well, like even if he does play really well, I don't know. Like, I just don't know with this coaching staff. I really don't. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would not be surprised. Let's just say I would not be surprised if that ended up happening. No, I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised. So here, here's why I think that won't happen, and, and it's a couple reasons. First, before the game even started yesterday, we got the report that, oh, Justin Fields, every week, every day he does something that makes the players and coaches yeah. go, wow. Like he And he's impressing people with the scout team, and there's gaining momentum for him to become the starter. That was before kickoff yesterday even you know and it was before two or two weeks in and we're in just justin fields every day hearing his name about how much he's impressing everybody and you know this quote from him or that quote from someone else and he was already gaining momentum and you know we obviously had the jay glazer report that oh the bears want him to start by you know week four or five that obviously got pushed up we saw the reps increasing we got the report oh well, there's going to be more plays for justin fields uh you know baked into the game plans as we go forward mm-hmm. so they were going to increase the role and if any adult is gonna miss you know I, this week and I would say next week and any more than if any adult is gonna miss any more than zero starts which it looks yeah. like he's going to miss at least one it's then I, I, I yeah. think I think that's it I, I think like you said it's aligned perfectly for this coaching staff and I usually I'm with you you know you know my disdain for this front office is you know ex- and the executives and their decisions and how they run things and the coaching staff and how they've run things in the past uh, but I, I do think it's out of their hands and I do think though that what we had been hearing before, leading up to this point about, you know, everybody wanting Justin Fields to get more time and get more reps and da, 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 da. I think it all goes hand in hand nicely with Justin Fields starting the rest of the year. Yeah. 
I mean, you're absolutely right. We have Jeffrey Glover in the chat talking about how drop passes made fields look bad, yeah. all these other things. And, and that's why you see people who look at the stat line that Jake read out, six for 13, uh, 60 yards. You know, it, it's uninspiring when you look at it, but you have to really look at what happened. Jake already brought up the two drop passes, but you also do have to look at a little bit of the play calling. There, there was some suspect play yeah. calling there as well. Uh, but, but one thing I did want to notice is that uh, Justin Fields had 10.2 intended air yard um, attempts which is higher than Danny Dalton, who's last in the league at 3.3, and Justin we, Fields we at 10.2 is third highest. Yes. We, we immediately saw the vertical attack. Like, go to nextgenstats.com, look at Darno Mooney and Allen Robinson's route charts, and you'll see, like, they uh, things really started to open up, but there was still a little bit of play-calling issues. Um, yeah. I don't know why they weren't utilizing his legs in the red zone. They, I think they tried a few times, but we would like to see more of that. Uh, but... Yeah, bad penalties as well, as Jeffrey Glover says again. I mean, you, you look at that Dave Montgomery play that took away 42 yards or something because of a holding call. Uh, there was a was that that officiating crew was terrible. Honestly, both ways they missed a lot of calls on us as well. Terrible crew. Uh, but there's a lot of different factors. Like Joseph feels a not of a bad day, and uh, like we can like we already said, w- without practicing with the ones all week, all those different factors. Like I have every reason to believe he can bounce back. But that's the other thing too. After he threw the interception uh, in the in our own territory that allowed the Bengals to kind of climb back in the end, there was a lot of people who I'm sure were worried that he was going to do it again. That it was worried it was going to kind of all fall down and things were going to get really bad but this is why i said this since the time he was drafted because of watching him at ohio state too the kid never makes two two interceptions in a row he never makes two mistakes in a row he always bounces back what did you see happen on 39 the most critical moment of the game breaks a tackle from Trey hendrickson rolls out first down game over like in in in, in the the moment when they need it most he, he came to play he, he came and made the play that they needed and that's that's why when you talk about how it affects the team we kind of talked about it from like a mentality standpoint but now you look at at like a an actual X's and O's standpoint. I mean, th- like how much they can stay on the field. I mean, every like a third and nine is possible now, Jake. Like <laughs> we already said this last week. Third and nine, you might as Pat O'Donnell might as well be trotting on the field already with Andy Dalton as right. the quarterback. Like I, we have no faith in getting that, but it, it's like now third and nine is possible. Like he's gonna break out and, and run for it if nobody's open. So they're gonna stay on the field a lot more. Uh, I just I think it opens up and Matt Nagy said the whole playbook was open. I I didn't see that. I hope that really right. wasn't the case. Uh not enough like bootlegs play action for me honestly, but right. um what were your how do you think it changes them, you know, from an actual X's and O's standpoint and what they can do going forward Justin based off of kind of the the play calling differences you saw when he came into the game? Yeah, I mean, like I said, immediately you saw, you know, those downfield passes more. You saw more of a vertical attack, um, you know, and I do. I agree. I don't think the whole playbook was open to him. It seemed like there were some things that, you know, didn't, you know, get utilized as much. Um, you mentioned, you know, throws on the run or on motion or play action, anything like that. A lot of dropbacks, but um you know, that's fine. I, I mean, like, like we said, he's going to get the reps with the ones he's going forward. He's going to be able to, you know, work those things and they're going to open the playbook up, I think. So that's fine with me. And, and you know, that their game plan wasn't to have Justin Fields playing for, you know, oh, oh, more than a half consistently, you know, they had their gadget plays mm-hmm. they wanted to do. So they kind of had to adjust the game plan on the fly and that's fine with me. Uh, but 
you mentioned his running ability, and I know you know we were waiting for that big long run, you know, something majestic down where he just scampers down the sideline. We didn't see that necessarily, but there were just a couple times uh, you mentioned on the third and nine, obviously that basically sealed the game for you. But also, I, there was a run early when he came in and he just made guys miss and they were like he hit a spin move on like his first uh, run that was on to, third down you know, too a, yeah to get a couple extra yards and get his first down like that's perfect I, I mean that would like that really stuck out to me because you know that's that's it too like yeah eventually we're going to get these long athletic runs where he just kind of wows you with as, his athleticism but you could see it on the short runs there too and, and just getting those extra yards and I think that's the big part here is Justin Fields getting to utilize his legs as we go forward obviously the downfield passing which we've been dying to see for over a year just in general from the Bears offense I think we're going to see more of that and I'm excited for that I'm excited to see what he can do with Cole Komet because Cole Komet continues to impress me and I think that's going to be, and then obviously Allen Robinson, you know, what he, what him and Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields are all going to be able to do together. I think it's going to be really special as we get forward going forward for the next couple of weeks. I agree. And I want to go back to what you said about, about his running ability and things like that. I, I need to see more designed runs as well. Like this can't just be the pocket collapsing. Justin Fields does it on his own. This needs, you need to start designing runs for him, read yeah. options, all the different things you can do. I mean, I watched the chiefs and the Ravens last night and you know, it's every other play Lamar Jackson's on, on a designed run. And that's why he accumulates a hundred yards and two touchdowns every game. Uh, and Justin Fields is not Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's one tier above him still, but he he's Kyler Murray. He's Kyler Murray. I'll give him that. And, and, you know, you see the things that Kyler Murray's been able to do at the start of this year. They need to start doing that with Justin Fields on more designed runs and and give him more space so that he can actually, uh, you know, do it without having to just evade pressure. So I I think that's huge. But that connection you talked about is important, too. And the connection I liked the most was, you you know, between Fields and Mooney. You know, he was targeting Mooney a lot, although he had that one drop. You saw there was a lot of those like trail routes. You know, it was the same play. They ran multiple times. It was I think they're using with Tony coming across the field, uh, you know, that might be their dynamite play for those two guys. Like if they connected on that twice and both open both times, although they missed that one, I, I think that could be a play where that's sort of a go to between them. Um, and then, yeah, that relationship between him and Robinson and him and Komet. The tight ends, though, had only one target, only one target between them uh, against Cincinnati, which I thought was strange, especially when you look at their kind of uh, insufficiency in the red zone, weren't great in the red zone, and they didn't love the play calling. But again, I and mean, we said this every week, Jake, it doesn't have to be that hard. I mean, Jimmy Graham was lined up one-on-one. You ha- If you have four downs from inside the 10-yard line, one of them should be going to Jimmy Graham one-on-one on the outside every single yeah. time. You know, they tried to go jump ball to Allen Robinson, corner of the end zone with the fade. I like that. But quite frankly, I like my odds with Jimmy Graham in a jump ball better than I like my odds with, with Allen Robinson. I mean, that just got out of pure size and, and, you know, what we saw last year. So more tight ends, more Jimmy Graham, more Cole Komet. Like I said, if you are if you wanted to spend the money on Jimmy Graham, you want to give him the $10 million and keep him on the right. roster, make it worth it, target him in the red zone. If they score, I mean, Jake, that game should have been a blowout. I mean, you know that. I mean, right. th- we. I think we should have won that game by 20 points. It made it a lot closer than it shouldn't have been. The main reason for that is they didn't score with great field position that they were given by the defense. No, they, they didn't. Uh, yeah, there were a couple times where you had to settle or you didn't get, you know, the first down or you didn't keep the ball moving. And that was unfortunate. And I do think, though, because I want to – go back to like something we already mentioned, like people are probably going to, you know, 
be upset with the play calling and be upset and be worried about, you know, that, like you said, that should have been a blowout. You should have scored more touchdowns. You should have won this game more handily, but that's going to go away guys. Like it's going to get easier as Justin Fields gets these first team. Reps, <laughs> that's true. As he works with Allen Robinson, that's as true. he works with Darnell Mooney, as he works with the offensive line and the offensive line didn't have the greatest day. Uh, and that shows from the rushing stats too, but it, they were fine. Okay. Uh, they were fine, and yeah. you know nobody got injured this week, so I'll take it. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> but but I, this, this stuff will get easier. Like I, I promise, it will get easier. Like just the game plan wasn't Andy Dalton gets hurt and Justin Fields starts the rest of the way. You know, for sixty percent right. of the game, like that. That wasn't what the game plan was. And obviously, these teams spend a week getting ready for these games, and the game plan wasn't Justin Fields for the whole time. Now mm-hmm. this week, week three against Cleveland. The, the game plan is going to be, okay, Justin Fields, wire to wire, let's make it happen. And I think that will be reflected. It'll it'll show. And I think overall, you know, rising tide raises all ships. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. It is going to be fine. You know, actually, Jason Peters and uh, Jermaine Fetty were the two highest rated tackles according to PFF this week. So, you know, you know, kind of take PFF for what it is sometimes. We, you know, they can be a little bit strange with how they evaluate, but yeah, pretty good. Uh, who would have thought that the, uh, you know, the tackles would have been performing better than the interior guys uh, yeah. at this point of the season? You know what I mean? Um, but so, yeah, they, they played well enough to, to get you a win. You, you can't really complain about that. But let's talk about the defense now. Let, let, let's yeah. let's talk about it because I was I was a little bit wrong, Jake. Well, I was I was right about my prediction of how they would play this week as far as getting pressure and getting after the quarterback, sure. uh, getting after the quarterback and, and keeping them at bay. But I was a little bit wrong when I was talking about you're not going to see this team win by defense anymore. I, I kind of made that <laughs> claim last week. I was like, you know, given the way this defense looks like you're yeah. going to be winning these games off of your offense. I was wrong about that. I mean, the, the defense won you that game a thousand percent. Obviously, that yeah. was evident. Four turnovers, uh, a touchdown by Roquan Smith. Eddie Jackson is back. And here's the main takeaway from that. And I think something that is the most important when you look at, at how they played this week versus week one. I think Sean Desai knows how to make adjustments and get these guys worked in practice. I think that is the main thing that I took away. I mean, Eddie, like the tackling was good. Eddie Jackson made a number of good tackles. We know he's capable of getting takeaways. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the tackles that he made. He looked good making tackles. And I, I can yeah. bet you Sean Desai was in practice all week saying, look, Eddie, you're not going to do a damn thing all practice except work on tackling dummies and tackling, you know, tackling form. Like that's all you're going to work on. And yeah. I, I just think I think it's an indict. I think it's an indictment on Sean Desai about how this defense played week to week that he he is a very capable coach who is going to sure things up if things go south like they did in week one. So huge credit to him on that. No, completely agree. I mean, Eddie Jackson was tied for third on the team with four tackles, three by himself. One that that huge tackle for a loss that he had mm-hmm. by himself too. Where I, I at first you didn't even know it was him. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy hell, that's Eddie Jackson. Like, yeah, he's right. Away, you know, he's sway. He's walking away with some sweat, like talking his shit, and I was stunned. I was stunned that it was Eddie Jackson walking away from the pile there. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, Sean Desai definitely. And granted. Joe Burrow is not Matthew Stafford. Zach Taylor is for sure not Sean McVay. But, you know, like you said, Kevin, the the improvement was there. And, you know, this might be a hot take, but when your stars play well, it's generally going to be easier to win games. So when Roquan Smith 
has a pick six and Eddie Jackson's tackling guys for loss and Jalen Johnson gets his first career interception and, and Coyle Mack is getting sacks and Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks are in the backfield disrupting things. Things are generally going to go well for you when that happens and when those things happen. And it was great. And it was really impressive to see them bounce back. It was really impressive to see just a, a good, solid, all around good game from the like every not even just your stars. Obviously, when Cleo Mack mm-hmm. is getting sacks, it's going to be easier. When Akeem Hicks is in the backfield, it's going to be. But I mean, was this Robert Quinn's best game of his Bears career? I, I, yes, it was it, by it, far. It, I mean, it had to be. Like he had a sack, he had two tackles for a loss. He was everywhere. He got, he hit the quarterback a couple times too. Like I think that was Robert Quinn's best. You know, we're over a year into this Robert Quinn contract that he just had his best game as a Bear. I think. Yeah, he did, and that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Yeah. At least, at least we're starting to see something. Uh, you know, the sack that he had was kind of opened up by Khalil Mack, but he still got to the quarterback and made the tackle. He's providing pressure, and, and that's why you know we talked last week. You know, the vulnerability of the Cincinnati offensive line, but it's pressure. It's pressure that leads to these things. Yeah. It was pressure that you know Alec Ogletree that Eddie Goldman too. Like, let's remember Eddie right. Goldman. Did not like, yes. And that's that's amazing to think about. I mean, you had Angelo Blackson get that interception off of pressure from Alec Ogletree, uh, and it was constant. It was constant pressure throughout the game. Like it wasn't just the four sacks. It it was just getting after the quarterback, making Joe Burrow, you know, make tough throws, and just he was having him under all duress all day. He was uncomfortable all day, um, and that's that's what you need to see. It all starts with the pressure. The secondary played fine, but. It starts with what happens up front, and if they look that good, I'm excited to see what they're able to do when Eddie Goldman returns. Nonetheless, though, Jalen Johnson's the second-highest rated cornerback in the NFL uh, based off of PF through two games. Guy's an absolute superstar, man. Has a, uh, a quarterback opposing quarterback passer rating of 66.2 when targeting him. Uh, that is just a phenomenal number. Leads the NFL in pass breakups, which he was. I'm pretty sure he was top 10 in that category last year uh, as well. This is this is the defense that we expected to see takeaways win football games. And uh, I think you're going to start to see a little bit more of it, you know, next week as well. But there are weak spots, too, as we have the chat uh, going crazy about it. You can watch this again on YouTube, Twitch. We're live on Wednesdays as well and Mondays uh, post game. But they're talking about Kendall Vilder and Duke Shelley. There were still multiple plays where those two guys were exposed. And I'm a little bit worried that after two weeks of game tape, coaches are going to look at that and say, you know what, we're going to throw to whoever is being guarded by Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley because those guys weren't really able to hold their own at times. And they're still younger players who need, ex- well, not really Duke Shelley, but Kendall Vildor at least, who need a little bit more experience maybe. I don't know, but is that area still concerning for you based off what you saw last week? Because I'm still, like, as good as they played, that's still an area where I'm like, is that something that's going to come back to haunt us next week or in the future? Sure. Yeah, you're go- you're definitely going to have to keep the pressure that we just talked about because that's the only way. Like if you give teams like and we saw it against the Rams, if you give a quarterback time to sit back and assess and you're not making him uncomfortable, yeah, he's going to get after those guys and they're going to be exposed. So that pressure is super important, but to your point about Sean Desai and that confidence in him to make adjustments, I think that speaks to that too. Like if Sean Desai, if we're seeing it, Sean Desai is seeing it. So I, I Yeah. Would I want to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt and see how mm-hmm. they address it going forward? Now, granted, again, you're going to have to get that pressure, and you have Baker Mayfield, who you're going against. And you know, generally, there's some discourse on where Baker Mayfield ranks among tiers of quarterbacks, but I would say generally, we can all agree he's an above average quarterback. He's probably Joe Burrow tier 
right? I I, I would put them. Sure. Yeah. I would say Baker Mayfield's probably a little yes. better yes. than Joe Burrow. Yeah. So sure. you know that's going to be something you're going to have to address, and we'll see it. You know, against now you're going back, and you went from Stafford to Burrow, and now you're going back up. You know, another level or two to Baker Mayfield, and you know we know the weapons that the Browns have. We know that I mean Stefanski won Coach of the Year. For, for a reason last year. And so you're going to see, you know, some more creativity. It's not Zach Taylor in town this week. So we're, we'll see how you respond against a little bit tougher competition this week for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously the Browns kind of, we'll talk about this more on Wednesday. They kind of remind me of the, of the 2018, 2019 bears, you know, head coach wins coach of the year. Uh, you know, you kind of have a, a quarterback where you're not entirely sure how great he is. The defense is good. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just, I just see a few comparisons um, between those two teams and we'll talk about that. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, nonetheless, you know, credit to the defense. They played well. They won you this football game. Uh, and I think the as well, look at, Showed up the run game though there was there was very few explosive plays uh, by the Bengals offense. I mean I can't think yeah. of you know one. Uh, I mean there was some twenty maybe a few twenty plus yard plays maybe one or two but nothing crazy like you saw in the Rams game and that's what we said. You know it, they're not going to make those mistakes two games in a row. You're not going to see you know I guess the Jamar Chase one it, it pops into my mind. Um, that that was. The but here's the here's the thing with that though. Like you minimize the damage in those instances. Like you're not letting them get. And when, when uh, they were getting some momentum, every time the Bengals started to get some momentum, an interception right. happened or a big quarterback hit happened. And so that was the defense playing better. And here's something that I think we need to address too, is that you hope you get Eddie Goldman back. And that's the hope he did. He practiced what one day last week. Hopefully we see him practicing on Wednesday and kind of that arrow pointing up as Matt Nagy likes to say, but we'll see, but you also get Mario Edwards back this week. Mario Edwards suspension is up too. And he played really, really well last year, especially at the end of the year before he got suspended. And that's a really big piece too. that pressure. He was a specialist. It felt like at getting the, like he would, that's his main calling card and he played really well. So that's a big piece that you get back. Another guy, in the rotation that can bring that pressure and disruption and that'll help as well so you're getting at least one of those guys hopefully both of them back this week and that'll be big considering like we said you're facing a little bit of a tougher offense this week so yeah definitely if if you get both back i mean you know watch watch out watch out (laughs) uh and also we got jeffrey in the chat saying roquan is a stud can we get some props for him yes we have to give roquan his props because he is he's on defensive player of the year watch he simply is i mean a touchdown a sack eight tackles interception uh that is defensive player of the year type things he's the most valuable player on the defense right now absolutely phenomenal play on that pick six I and mean, he kind of just he just read joe burrow like a book it was a great you know it, it was not an easy interception he kind of reached out for it reeled it in took it to the house i mean that was absolutely electrifying freaking loved that it was it was great to and have he's picking a, a touchdown up exactly back where he left off last year yeah like he i mean last yeah. year we were saying i mean he he almost led the league in tackles last year we were literally saying that you know this guy should have been a defensive player of the year candidate last year should have got more buzz the Bears and generally their status as like a fringe, you know, kind of a crappy team didn't help him. But now, I mean, if Justin Fields takes you to where you think you're going, and I mean, like I said, Roquan Smith has picked up exactly where he left off last year. I mean, he's yeah. all over the second week in a row. He's on the team in tackles. Now the touchdown you throw into, uh, he had a sack as well. So, yeah, I mean, Roquan Smith, a, a de- defense player of the year watch right now. It, it has to be. 
Has to be. Superstar. Superstar. And then we have another. We have Chicago Friel saying, can we call it Justin Fields for the play of the game? Uh, yes, because yeah. and, and what they're referring to as play of the game is not uh, you know, the third of Mooney, not the scramble third and nine. It's recovering his own fumble in territory that, that could maybe be the reason you're one and one right now. I mean, that is just like, sometimes you get a little bit uneasy to see a rookie quarterback, like diving for a ball. I guess sometimes injuries can happen that way, but to go after that and, and you know, he didn't give up. have just, he did not give up. I mean, it was so it could have been so easy for him to just lay on the ground and watch, you know, the Bengals roll into the end zone for a touchdown there. You know, Swadway went after, recovered it, it, potentially saves you the game. That speaks to who he is as a player, who he is as a quarterback. Freaking loved it. But I still think, I don't know, I still think that 39 scramble is the play of the game. Because if, if you yeah. give the ball back to the Bengals there with two minutes, 30 seconds left, I mean, any I mean, they probably at least tie it, most likely, and maybe score a touchdown right. to win the game. I think that 39 scramble is the play of the game, but no. That that recovery of his own fumble, uh, phenomenal grit. Just uh, from a that rookie his, quarterback, that too. was his like best from a rookie kid. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that or the third and nine. I don't, I don't know which one yeah. I'm taking. It's well, toss up. Even, but <laughs> the thing with like even the third and nine, like I mean, even like you would expect your defense the way they are playing to have been able to stand for you and get you the ball back. But you know, that fumble True. recovery Cincinnati scores for sure. Right? They get at least three and that's in, in that yes. situation. If you lose that fumble regardless. So that third and nine, you know, you end up punting it. Your defense was playing well enough though, that they probably keep Cincinnati off the board in that instance, that fumble they're scoring in some capacity. And you're right. You might not be, you might, you might be owing two. there's a very legit possibility. So yeah, I mean, that was a very heads up play by Justin Fields. You know, obviously the meme is the Cam Newton business decisions quote and Justin yep. Fields wasn't making a business decision. He was making a, a team decision and it probably saved you that game and, and allowed you to ice the game. So, yeah, I mean, that was great. And I mean, it's just a, it's a stark contrast from last week. You know, there, there's just it feels like there's just so much the Justin Fields thing aside, because like I said, Andy Dahl was playing well. He looked yes. good. Yes. Um, but just the defense is especially just so. That's what I'm excited that we're talking about here because regardless, I mean, like, like I said in the beginning, Justin didn't have the best day. He didn't light the world on fire, uh, but regardless, we're excited about Justin Fields for all the reasons yeah. we said, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting the reps with the ones, getting the chemistry going, the playbook opening up, et cetera, et cetera. But the defense, you know, I, I know we agreed that a defense isn't going to win you a Super Bowl anymore, especially in the modern NFL. It's helpful. Yes. You definitely yes. need a good defense, yes. but to see to come back here this week and say, oh, your defense won you that game. It's it's refreshing because we had seen yes. this defense signs of regression. It, it, you know, oh, even go, going back to last year, and this without you know one of your best players in Eddie Goldman, without a key player Mario Edwards along the defensive line, and you know with questionable play from Eddie Jackson, which he obviously he played well yesterday, but. And it's very, that's what makes me hopeful that this can be a playoff team as well, because yes, Cincinnati's still not a playoff team probably, but they were a, a legitimate capable, like capable team. Yeah. It's not the Texans from last year. It's not the Vikings who <laughs> always kick the crap crap out of anyway. Like they're, they're probably a seven win team. They're a very, yeah. they're, they're aggressively mediocre, but they're mediocre and not bad. Like you'll take that. So yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a lot of things to be positive about and to take into, you know, week three against the Browns. 
Yeah, which, yeah, like you say, stark contrast. I mean, last week the world was on fire. The sky was falling down. And then, you know, no. And that's why we said, you know, I went on the show pregame and say, you know, week one overreaction. I'm not too worried about it. Not too worried about Sunday Bears, Bengals. And, and look what happens. So uh, it happens every year. You know, week one happens if things go great. You're winning the Super Bowl. If things don't go great, it's fire everybody. It's trade everybody. It's it's the world is is falling apart. So it's what, it's what happens after week one. But now you have week two. Now you can really evaluate things. You don't have to get too far ahead of yourself and it is encouraging but the other thing too i don't know if any of the people in the chat were at the game uh, or attended it i i think the bears could be a top five top three defense at home and then the story is a little bit different on the road i mean they they because like this has been the case since 2018 i mean they are menacing it is hard to play against that defense at soldier field and now you know i think part of it just has to be you're on your home turf but i think the crowd makes a huge difference as well and especially i'm sure how loud they got once justin was in the game and how electrifying that was for everybody there uh because i had friends who were at the game who aren't really bears fans but really went just to see justin fields play because they went to Ohio State. So those people are also getting loud. And then the whole atmosphere is just energetic. So, you know, at home, this is, you know, I think you're going to start to maybe evaluate the team a little bit differently home versus away. You never really want to see that, though. You, you do want to see your team be just as capable on the road as they are at home because you never know what happens in the playoffs as far as the seeding that you get. And it's likely that they would play a road game in the playoffs. But it's still encouraging that they, they can perform in front of the home crowd because that's one of the most gut-wrenching things is when you're worse at home and you can't even do the little things at home and you don't play well at home. It's like, okay, well, now what the hell are you going to do on the road if you can't do these things in your home turf? So that was encouraging yeah. as well. And, and that's a little scary to think about considering that you have to go – and this week you're going to Cleveland. Obviously, we talked about what you know their offensive potential and how they have a good right. offense. You also – you know obviously, you have to go to Lambeau at one point, but you also have to go to Tampa Bay. You have to go to Pittsburgh, uh, and you have to go to Seattle. I mean, th- so those are a little scary. Now, granted, you kind of catch a break. You know, the 49ers are playing at Soldier. The Ravens are at, at Soldier Field. Um, the Cardinals are at Soldier Field. So it's kind of you win some, you lose some in that scenario. But, I mean, y- you're right. You have to play well at home. If you can be a, you know, top three, top five defense at home and just be top Twelve on the road, top ten. Yeah, and it sure. just bring us something. You don't have to be dominant like you were yesterday, but be, no. you know, keep keep your team in the game. You know, you can't be like you were against the Rams. Somewhere in the middle, it's like I'll take it. Yeah, I would I would agree. And it also it's also worth noting that they don't play back to back home games this year. Every it, it's mm-hmm. you know home road home road it flip flops, which is actually pretty rare. Um, so that's pretty interesting to see. So you won't be able to see them like you know game momentum at home for two games. But sometimes it's better that way because if you have two at home, you got to face two on the road at some point. Uh, so I, I'm 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 completely fine with the way the shut, schedule sticks out. Jeffrey says the Bears were three and five at home last year. So yeah, good good start to the season in front of the home crowd. Um, at that you got you got you think- for it. Do you think last year's team loses yesterday's game? Yes, I a thousand percent think they lose I yesterday's think so, game. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think regardless of the quarterback situation, I, I think they lose that game. I, I, I really, really do. And, and, and again, I think that speaks. You know, I don't, I can't go into why from an X's and O's standpoint. I mean, I, I mean, 
sure, I guess you know, Justin Fields is better, but based off the way he played, like you know, all those right. things. Like right. I'm not going to dive down that hole, but that's why I say this is this is more about the mentality and the energy than it is about that right now. I mean, that team was just fired up in that moment because of the quarterback, because of the situation. They were ready to play. They were excited, and I think that was the difference between a win and a loss. I truly, truly do think that was the difference. So, um, again, I, I'm not saying Justin Fields caused that. I don't know what it is, but traditionally we see this team come out flat out of the half. We see this team come out flat in the start of the game. That didn't happen both of these times. They scored on the opening drive, and out of the half, they I think all three turnover, all three interceptions were in the second half, I believe, in the in the, in the three straight plays. Those I were so. I think those are all in the second half. I believe the third quarter, maybe some in the fourth. Um, so that that's again, I think that's kind of the thing that you have to look at, and why going back to the first question Jake asked me uh, in the beginning of the show, why why what differences do you see in this team going forward? That is the fundamental defense. I would like to say, quoting a, a viral tweet, we got our swagger back. I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what we have. I mean, this is what Matt Nagy brands himself as the man with swagger. Uh, you know, sometimes too much swagger can get you a penalty nowadays. Fifteen yards to Sean Gibson, my boy. Uh, you know, we can't be taunting players, uh, even though I think the rule is freaking stupid and I hate it, uh, you know, can hate it because why can't players show emotion on the field? What the hell is wrong with that? But hey, hey, if the Bears got their swagger back, you saw what happened in 2018 when they had a little yeah. bit of swagger. You know what I mean? You know, these things, they, they, <laughs> they're real. They're real. Yeah. And a little bit of swagger can lead to some W's. No, I mean, if once, I mean, we know when this Bears defense is having fun, things are infinitely easier for the team, for them, for everybody, for us watching. Like when they're having fun, and I think that's generally around sports when your team is having fun, obviously that means things are going pretty well. So I, I, maybe that's a, an obvious thing to say. But I mean, there were times last year when you didn't see them having fun and it was evident and people were on the sidelines. Very evident. Visibly pissed off. And so, you know, obviously we're two games in, but you were at that danger point after the Rams game. And you were kind of, you know, our reaction pod last week, we were saying, well, this is a little, you know, it's a little concerning. Like there's some things that, yeah. you know, yes. we don't love. And now you called you it the low point. This. Right. And so, you know, we're here. You know, you get a win, obviously overreaction Monday, everything's, you know, everything's great and grand and good. (laughs) Um, But it's also kind of back to our original point. Like it's easy to feel good about this team now, knowing that it's in the hands of Justin Fields going forward and you're going to see improvement again. No, he didn't have the greatest game, but that just means it's only up from here because I like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's legitimately the worst game of the year we see from Justin Fields. Like, I I don't, I don't think that's outrageous to say. And I mean, obviously, you know, you know, a fumble and an interception and no touchdowns. Like, yeah, okay, maybe, again, that's an obvious thing to say, but you're only going up from here, and we're going to see that immediately, I think, once he starts building this chemistry with these guys, and it's going to be really exciting. And I think the playbook is definitely going to get more diverse uh, starting this week on Sunday, but we'll get into all that on Wednesday, and we'll kind of break down the, uh, you know, the matchups and what we're going to see. But, I mean, Roquan Smith, player of the game, I think yes. Don't don't overthink I, it. Let, let's do defense, offense, player of the game. I'll go Roquan Smith, defensive player of the game, and you know, offensive player of the game. I don't know. It, it's kind of car. It's kind of hard to declare. I I guess Allen Robinson for catching the touchdown. I mean, Dave Montgomery played fine. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe don't Jason Peters. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't think it's cra- <laughs> I don't think it's crazy to say Justin Fields. I mean, we yeah. talked about the third down run right. at the end of the game. We talked about the fumble. Like, I don't think it's crazy to say Justin Fields. 
It's not. And also, you know, some people might say it's not crazy to say Andy Dalton. I mean, he put points on the board for you. I yeah, don't know. Agreed. But I also, I do want to, like, we have always on this show been like, like, let's be nice to Andy. It's not his fault <laughs> he's in this situation. And it's quite, fr- frankly, it's it, it was kind of disappointing because, you know, every, when he got hurt, everybody was like, like, I was like, oh, good. Now we can see Justin. You know what I mean? Like, it, I generally, it honestly, I, I was surprised. I generally saw... I, like I didn't see very much. Like, oh yes, Andy Dalton's hurt. Like I generally saw, and I think yeah, people well, know, yeah. like it, it's kind of crappy and shitty to yeah, cheer injuries and maybe do. privately people yeah. like yeah. But yeah, I mean, right. I mean, kind of like you said, it was unfortunately kind of a best case scenario. Well, well, yeah. Well, what well, what I'm saying too is like, first of all, Nagy put him in that situation. You know, that's not on him. You know, and that's why I feel you know bad at times. But also, like, you got to give the guy credit for standing there, rooting Justin Fields on the whole time. I mean, like we yeah. said, the sideline reporter might have you know said he was fine. Maybe he could have come back into the game or not. I'm not sure. But you know, he was there, like patting on the head, smiling, cheering him on. Like this dude. Although we talk so much about him, not he's not Alex Smith in the Mahomes scenario. He's not a guy who's been with the team for so long. I think he's doing his absolute best. And, and we talked about this in the offseason as, as well, to be the best possible mentor he can be for Justin Fields. And, and what I've always said in my career playing sports and just life is, is you know, play your role to the best of your ability. If you're a player in a, in a sport who your role is to be the third person on the bench, be the best freaking bench player to ever exist. You know what I mean? And if it becomes the next few weeks that his role is to be Justin Fields' mentor and have the earpiece on and have the clipboard on and help him out through the course of a game and through the course of practice, I have every reason to believe Andy Dalton's going to be the best freaking mentor possible. I mean, he is a good, good teammate, a good, good player, nothing but respect and and, and love for for that aspect of his game. I mean, it, it was impressive because I know there's some guys who would pout in that situation. Like Cam Newton, my pout in that situation. <laughs> you know, if you, you know, like not to name names, I mean, it's not Cam Newton, just kind of throw a name out there, but it, it was just good to see that support. You know what I mean? Right. No, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, and, uh, you know, Jeffrey in the chat just said, Andy Dalton's a stand up guy. Like, I think that's generally Andy Dalton is a nice guy, at least seen as a nice guy throughout the league. Like, you know, does a lot of charity work, I believe, too. Like, yeah. stand up guy. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, you could, Relay it to you know the Patriots, Cam Newton, or you look at Aaron Rodgers, you know, like oh god. So and you know we're seeing it in San Francisco too. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'll just go out there and play. So yeah, I I think you got the right guy for the situation. Obviously, we didn't know we'd end up with Justin Fields when Andy Dalton was signed, but you know, it it kind of worked out in a way. You know, you could have tried to get Cam Newton or Teddy Bridgewater, and who knows if that would have worked out then. But you got Andy Dalton, who I think is aware of both where he's at in his career, as well as he already had kind of these pre-existing reputation as generally a good guy. Yeah, it, it, you're exactly right. So props to Andy Dalton for that. The hair looked good, too. Like, I, I, I got to say, like, his <laughs> he, his hair was looking good on TV, man. I mean, good good for him. I don't know what he's got, uh, what shampoo he's been using or conditioner or whatever, but whatever it is, we need to ask him about that. Uh, if we ever get him on this show, uh, you know, I'm going to have to ask that question. Maybe head and shoulders, maybe. Maybe see you on a TV ad soon. I don't know. Um, this is what happens at the end of our show. But – <laughs> Nonetheless, regardless of what happens tonight, we're recording this Monday at 6.50. Lions-Packers play. By the time you're listening to this, the game will have been over, so we're going to look like stu- yeah, stupid probably. about talking about it. But Bears are first place. Regardless of who ends that game, as of this your moment, Chicago as of, Bears 
Well, no, as of whenever this, whoever listens to this, listens well, to this. Well, I was going to say, as of this moment, you're alone in first place. You're alone. You're alone. That yeah. will not persist because right. somebody has to get a win on Monday. Or maybe hey, maybe not. Maybe we're looking at a tie. Maybe we're looking at a tie. <laughs> Let's go. That's true. Hey, you never That's know. That's true. I, would, That's I mean, true. look. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to preview that game, but I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is on the season with us. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win or at least cover the spread. I don't know. But the, the, yeah, first, the first place. Fed. The fighting Dan Campbells. But anyway, um, so we'll be back Wednesday at 7 Central, 8 Eastern, right here to start breaking down the week three match against the Browns with your starting quarterback, just likely starting quarterback, Justin Fields. And we'll break it all down. We'll be here to break down the matchups, what we expect to see. And of course, as always, our predictions. So thank you guys for coming in, coming through to watch, to comment. The comment section was unreal today. Yeah, popping and, you know, off, we man. hope to see you again on Wednesday. And we'll we'll talk with you guys again then. So until then, for myself and for Kevin, thank you guys. We'll see you Wednesday. And as always, bear down. Bear down. Bear down.